Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com. Check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, we have an absolutely awesome talk with iFast's very own Mike Robertson. Guys, Mike and I are going to sit down and talk about what the latest and greatest is with the training that he's doing, how he's uh, moved in more of a progressive, adaptive type model as to how he's looking at his athletes and his clients and how they're evolving with the training and how they move forward with the training based on their adaptations. We get into talking about specificity of energy system training and how they're moving in that realm even more and more as their athletes get closer to the season. Then we talk about what's the latest and greatest at iFast. And of course, when we talk about that, we have to talk about both the Physical Preparation Podcast and the Physical Preparation Summit. There'll be a link below, guys, for you to grab a seat for the Physical Preparation Summit this year. It's going to be a killer event. Don't miss out. There really are three top-notch events every year in the country, and I have to say that Mike puts on one of them. And I would highly recommend, if you can get out to Indianapolis, to make sure you're part of that. Guys, this is an absolutely awesome talk. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Mike, thanks for so much for taking the time to be with us today, buddy. Dude, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me, Jay. So let's talk about what's the latest and greatest with Mr. Mike Robertson. Yes, yes. So are we talking uh, like what I'm working on right now, or are we just talking in life? Let's talk about what you're working on, and then we'll get to life at the end. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So I think the thing that I'm most excited about right now is kind of this new programming template. And feel free to just say, hey, Mike Robertson, you're an idiot. I've been doing this for years. But, you know, when I was coming up, everything was running, you know, it's like, hey, here's a, a four-week training cycle. Or here's a six-week training cycle, and we have it all prettied up, and it's all laid out, and then you follow that, right? And as we evolve and as we grow, I think it's it's natural to kind of take these elements and say, okay, well, you know, this person maybe isn't ready for this, or maybe this person is just dog-tired today, so we're going to adjust the sets and reps or the intensity or whatever. But I think something that I've found over, especially the last year, because I've got a broad range of people that I work with, right? I mean, we're talking like NFL, NBA caliber athletes to 50-year-old people that want to get started in the sport of powerlifting. And so what I find is people are all over the board with how quickly they can acquire motor skills. So for me, let's say we're taking the squat, right? For an NFL athlete, I mean, it may only take a week or two to totally rebuild their squat. And, you know, I remember Joe Ken telling me this years ago, but Joe would say, look, man, it could take me three months to get a collegiate kid to clean the way that I want. An NFL guy, it may take three sets because their nervous systems are so malleable. They're so adaptive. 
So they're very, very skilled at making adaptations and moving the way that you want. And I found that to be true as well. So, you know, your NFL guy, you write a four-week program for, well, maybe he got what he wanted to or what, what we wanted to out of it in as little as a week or two, right? They've achieved that skill. They understand that position. And now it's time to move on. Well, in contrast, you know, some of these older populations or more general kind of clients and athletes that we come across, it may take them six or eight weeks. And I learned this lesson the hard way. One of the guys that I'm coaching, he's probably early 50s and you know, he told me, you know, I love the programs, I'm getting stronger, but I really feel like four weeks isn't long enough to to kind of give me everything that I can out of a program, right? So it feels like at four weeks, I'm really just starting to learn maybe the new assistance exercise you're giving me. So let's go longer. So we started fleshing it out. So four weeks became six, six weeks became eight. And he finally said around eight weeks, he felt like he was he had gotten everything that he wanted to out of that assistance lift, and it was time to switch it up and make a modification. So I think this is something that as coaches, we can really strive to get better at is really try and make our programming more dynamic. And so what I've been doing here lately is literally it's almost on a week-to-week basis. It's, you know, I've got the base program, and it could just be on every Monday we're going to squat. Right, and I've got all my squatting progressions, regressions. I know where somebody's going to start, but once they've mastered that skill of, say, a squat pattern, or they understand how to goblet squat or whatever, okay, well, let's get into our next exercise, right? Or same thing in a half kneeling posture. You know, once they've mastered that half kneeling, okay, let's go to split stance. All right, now let's go into a parallel or an overhead reach, whatever the case may be. But I think if we can make things more dynamic and more goal oriented versus time oriented all of our programs are going to be way better. I could not agree any more with anything that you just said. Awesome. So I'm not totally off base. I No, as a matter of fact, I think you just rounded all of them. Oh, cool. One thing I think that is, I don't want to say the future of how we handle athletes because I don't think it should be the future. I think it should be how people look at it more. Now, I understand there are situations where people are very limited, where you have a large group and one person, and sure. you need to have it all kind of like that. Sure. But I, as I've said in, in multiple presentations in the past, you would never change the clip before you emptied the gun. Now, right. It's kind of an awful analogy for everything that's going on right now in this country. Sure, but sure. with that being in mind, like, if you can still get better doing something, why would you change it just to change it? Right, right. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think there's definitely a point, right? Like it, with all these things, we're trying to enhance a skill, right? And part of enhancing a skill is novelty, right? And not novelty in the fact that we're doing like circus acts and, you know, ridiculous BOSU ball flipped over exercises. But novelty in the fact that our, our system needs a new stimulus or something fresh to force an adaptation or to create an adaptation. And we want that adaptation to stabilize. But then we don't keep going back to that well, right? Because then we lose the novelty of the stimulus and we start to fall off. So I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is really trying to, you know, figure out, okay, when is this person adapted to the stimulus? When is it stabilized? And now when can we move on to the next skill or drill that's going to help take their performance to the next level? No, that's, that's amazing. Awesome. I, I love that because we're in a similar situation now where we've got some kids that are at step A and some that are all the way at step C and they're kind of, these kids are like, well, and it's like, well, are you still improving on that? They're like, well, yeah. It's like, well, right. What's the point? 
Right, right. And that's that's what I like about it, right? Because you know as well as I do, and, and when I started in 2000, it's like, here's the program that everybody gets, right? Oh, you're a basketball guy? Here's your basketball program, regardless of how long you've been in the program, developmentally, how you move, everybody gets the program, right? And I think we've always tried to gear towards this and we're just getting more specific about it now. Like what does this person need at this point in time that's going to give them the adaptation that we want? And that's that's what's exciting. You know, you have to find ways as a coach too to keep it exciting and fresh for you. So, you know, the days of just like, oh, here's your four-week program, you know, with no ability to tweak or modify or adjust, that's not exciting because you and I both know it doesn't work like that. Now, you said then you'll, lack of a better term, you'll write the program weekly then? Mm-hmm, yep. So I think of it more as, a, as an update, right? So if you're thinking big picture, right, like I want all my athletes to know how to squat, right? Mm-hmm. So worst case scenario, we may have to do like some patterning or some very basic movement progressions week one or week two. But again, if it's a high-level guy, hopefully we don't take four weeks to teach the kid to squat, right? So the goal is, okay, hey, we got you to squat. Now let's start to load it a little bit. So we'll go to, say, a two-kettlebell progression or a, or a safety bar front squat variation. Now, okay, so we've got a little bit of strength. We've loaded the pattern some. So now let's say we want to chase a specific adaptation. So we want to chase uh, you know, speed strength or something of that nature. Well, now we move into that kind of progression. So you're constantly negotiating where somebody's at, the adaptation that you want to get out of it. And the nice thing is, again, it's dynamic. So it's not four weeks that's set in stone that you can never change. It's like, look, once you've got the adaptation that you want, then you move on, but it's goal-based. And I think for me, it's always coming back to when has this person achieved what we wanted to? And you know as well as I do too, not only do they learn things at different rates and speeds, but they also adapt at different rates and speeds. And some people are very malleable and they turn fast and they get the adaptation you want and others take quite a bit of time and coax it. So I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now. No, 100%, man. And, and what's even crazier with that whole adaptation thing is some people are really fast to adapt to A, but B is like yes, like they're just spinning their tires. And it's crazy yep. like that. Yep, yep, I, absolutely. Yeah, no. So, so with those updates... Yeah. Where do you see the pros with that? Where do you see the cons with that when it comes to being the coach? Yeah. So the pros with it are you're literally week by week adjusting the program, week by week, day by day, adjusting the programming, giving the athlete more of what they need, right? The cons are, number one, it's more work, right? It's way more work. Now every Friday I'm writing a program update for somebody versus every four weeks, so there's just intuitively going to be more work involved. The second thing is, too, you've really got to have kind of your ducks in a row, right, as far as how you want to progress this athlete. Um, and I've always talked about kind of having your your list of progressions and regressions on the fly. And if we went in the gym, I could walk you through probably all of my progressions and regressions, period, point blank, blindfolded. I just know those because I've done them so long. For me, it's now fleshing out okay, the speed and agility work, the jump variations, how I want to kind of build all those out. So for me, it's going back to kind of my foundation with regard to all that reactive, explosive, and power work and building all those progressions and regressions out exactly how I want them or in some kind of systematic format because what I envision is, okay, we go on the floor, 
and the athlete for the last two sessions is doing exactly what I want. So, okay, we're going to go to the next progression in the speed or power drill. I got to have all that, right? So, you know how coaches, like NFL coaches, have those awesome little like laminated pages? I mean, they just look awesome. I want somebody to create that for me with all my progressions and regressions so that I know, okay, hey, I don't have to just think of it on the fly. Like, do you know who Lee Taft is? Yeah. Speaking of Joey guy, like that guy literally sees something, he knows what's wrong, he knows the exact exercise to go to, it's just automatic for him, right? For me, it's like that in the gym, but it's not like that with the speed and agility work. So getting to that level there where I've got the playbook, at least initially, or the cheat sheet, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm -hmm. Just knowing those exercises and knowing exactly what I want to get out of it or how I want to progress somebody. That's kind of, it's a con because there's work involved to get it set up, but I know it's going to make the programming more efficient in the long run. Yeah. No, that'd be awesome to just be able to sit there and have a troubleshooting sheet. That would be... uh... That would be nice, but unfortunately, the the part that Lee and you know guys like Lee or guys like Doc yep. or Natalia have that a lot of us unfortunately weren't lucky enough to inherit is just that yes. unbelievable eye to pick. That uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, they just they connect the dots, right? Right. They they see something, they know intuitively what is wrong, and they know. A plus B equals C exercise, mm-hmm. right? And I need to process it a little bit, you know? Yeah. So you brought up progressions and regressions. Yes. And that makes me think two things. Okay. Whenever you hear progressions and regressions, I, the word lateralization comes to mind. So yep. I always think Charlie when I hear that. Yep. But being a huge fan of your podcast, yep. it also makes me now think of... Mr. Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah. And the menu. The trainable menu. It's a great term, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, now, it's way better. I think I, I need to move that into my vocabulary. I yeah. love that term. Now, being a fellow podcaster and yes. me being selfish. Yeah. That being an amazing lesson in how he broke all those things down. What right. are some of the best things you've taken from doing that? From take from the podcast? Yes. Man. So many good things about that. I will be totally honest with you, Jay. The reason I started the podcast is because I get to ask all the smart people that I look up to and respect the questions that I want to ask them. You know what I mean? Like, how many times have you read a book or listened to a podcast? And you're like, damn, that's really good. But I have this one question that I want to ask this person. Mm -hmm. You know, I have that all the time. Right, and, and I think as you grow and as you evolve as a coach, a lot of times your answers lead to more questions. So for me, part of it is an access point, right? So I have access to people, and not that I might not, right? Like I may have access to them already, but it gives me a way to have access to people. Um, it allows me to connect with other like-minded coaches. Another thing that I always talk about is, you know, I've been doing this 16 years. Right. So by no stretch of the imagination, you know, I'm not in the 25, 35 year, I'm not Alver Meal 55 years. But I've done it long enough to where I have certain thoughts and ideas. And I like those to be challenged from time to time. Right. Um, and I pride myself on constantly evaluating, you know, even my core beliefs. So, you know, how do I feel about this today? Right, this influenced me early. How do I feel about this today? How could this change or evolve? And I think 
it's very easy, especially as you grow, to get kind of stuck or closed in this little box, right? And even if you're good, you can get stuck there. So I like to talk to other people, get exposed to new ideas. I mean, in our show, uh, when you came on my podcast, you were talking about some of the gymnastic stuff. So I'm like, you know, that's the second or third time I've heard that. So I'm looking at some of the gymnastic stuff now, right? Like, how are some ways that I can incorporate this or use this with my athletes to make what I'm doing better? So I think that's a big, big takeaway is constantly looking for different things to influence you or to motivate or reinvigorate you so that your programming is constantly evolving. And and you said it really well. You don't change for the sake of change, right? Mm-hmm. But you're constantly looking at new things and keeping your mind open to new ideas and new concepts because, quite frankly, there's a lot of really smart people in our industry. So I love learning from all of them and just getting ideas challenged and thrown at me so I continue to grow and get better. Yeah, man. So then I guess that the question that needs to be asked is probably the toughest one. Okay. And that is, what's the question that people aren't asking Mike Robertson that they should ask him? Man. And you even told me this one was coming, and it's still a tough one to answer. Um, I think one of the biggest questions and one of the things that we can stand to do better as an industry is kind of put the icing on the cake with regards to our energy systems work, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, I've worked in soccer for about six years now, Um Longer than that, if you count kind of years past and working at lower levels, but high-level soccer for like six years Mm -hmm. and working with athletes now for 16, one of the big things that that I have taken away is the best thing that we can do for our athletes is get them prepared for the needs and the demands of their sport before they show up to practice, right? And what I mean by that is we can put somebody on a treadmill. And make sure their aerobic system is robust and they recover well and, you know, oh, we're going hard. Their heart rate comes up and their heart rate comes back down the way that we want. But getting even more specific, like getting specific with regards to the movements, getting specific with regards to the work-to-rest ratios, the contraction types, a lot of times the eccentric demands of sport, right? And this is something I made a really big emphasis on last year with my soccer guys leading up to the preseason because – you know, when they say, oh, yeah, I'm going to work out in preseason, they kick the ball around a little bit. and Maybe they have one game where they kind of go hard. But when you show up to camp, your coach is going full tilt, mm-hmm. right? You know, like we can talk all we want about the X's and O's and we can think we're super smart. But if your coach is going to go full tilt day one, your athletes need to be prepared for that. So that's something I've really tried to do. And, and again, you can't ever mimic the intensity of sport and competition but you can get a lot closer than, say, just running on a treadmill and trying to meet basic aerobic or anaerobic adaptations. And I think that's one of the big things that we can do as coaches, get our athletes prepared. Because what, what you're going to see is not only they're going to show better, but they're not going to break down in preseason. You know, They're going to stay healthy because that's one of the biggest frustrations to me is seeing guys come in who are unfit, who are out of shape, who literally day one – I can tell you when we're running some whatever conditioning test we're running, I can say this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, they're going to be injured in preseason just by looking at it. So I think that's something that's really valuable that we're going to continue to get better at is getting people as fit and as prepared as possible, not just you know from the physiological realm of 
you know, getting somebody ready for camp, but getting them ready from the biomechanical, from the contraction types, and all those other things that allow somebody to be successful and get through a preseason without getting injured. No, that's awesome. And you've been working with real high-level players out there in Indianapolis for a while. Yeah. So can we dive in and maybe get some more definitive examples of how you changed that this summer? Absolutely, absolutely. So, again, in years past, it was very just, okay, let's get on the treadmill, let's meet your energy system demands, and we would see great results, right? Like if they just go and they test, they look fine, you know, the coach is, okay, great. One of the big things that we tried to do was, say, the last three weeks, we're going to do a lot of what borders on aerobic to kind of almost glycolytic-type conditioning, right? And it, even if we know that soccer is not a glycolytic-dominant sport, I'm preparing them for practice, in preseason because again we know the physiology maybe the coaches don't so we get them prepared for anything right um and the big thing that i'm trying to introduce more of is not just running you know linearly straight ahead it's how can we incorporate planning cutting decelerations right all of that into the energy system component and we're going to mix it up so like one day i may do quite simply the coach likes the yo-yo beep test so we're going to do the yo-yo test right we're going to get them ready for that because there are change of directions involved in that that, you know, if you haven't trained for that, can wear on your body, right? But then we're going to go even shorter bursts. So let's say we're going to do those 10 seconds on, 50 seconds off where we're kind of alactic, aerobic. They get a fuller recovery. But instead of just running a sprint, I mean, we're doing a lot of change of directions, right? And, and what you find is, man, it's not so much the energy system and the cardio that breaks down. It's all the decelerations, right? All of a sudden their quads are tired, you know, their, their calves are burning. So the more change of direction, and if we can make it, you know, kind of reactive as well, then we've got all these tools that allow us to get better prepared for what they're going to see when they go to camp. Because a lot of soccer coaches especially love the idea of small-sided games, mm -hmm. right? And small-sided games are great for developing kind of the energy system demands. And the best part is you get the physiological plus the skill demands, but here's the thing. If you haven't done any decelerations, if you haven't done a lot of eccentrically loaded stuff to get guys ready for it, man, they're going to break down super fast. You know, It's only a matter of time. They're going to come up with plantar fasciitis or Achilles tendinosis or a groin pull you know, because they haven't been introduced or exposed to those types of contractions. No. Again, Mike, what you, I couldn't agree more with, with any of that because you look at these things and – you know, just like everything that we do, man, the pendulum swings so far, so fast. <laughs> no, right. And all of a sudden, it was everything had to be at like 120 beats per minute on a treadmill. Right. Or it could only be like five seconds, like max right. effort. Max effort, full recovery. Right. And now I think that people, again, like kind of piggybacking back to what you said initially with doing things as long as necessary and, and moving things as, you know, as fast as need be. Yep. You know, you look at these energy system development type things, and when you get people that have these big bases, you need to stress them in game type or sport type situations. Otherwise, it's just, it's back to what you were saying. It's yeah. the same old situation. Yeah, you've got this massive base, but you've never converted it, or you've made it, never made it contextual to your sport. And one thing that I don't ever want to have happen. And I probably made this mistake when I was getting, you know, like, okay, alactic, aerobic, we need this big base, okay, cool. 
ultimately, you, I don't want my guys to show up to camp not having been exposed to at least small amounts of lactic work, right? At some point, you're going to go lactic, whether it's in a practice, in a game. Do I really want that to happen on their first or second day of camp or worst case scenario in their first match of the season? Absolutely not. So even if I give them a little dose of that, so they've been exposed to it, they've started to open up that energy pathway a little bit, man, now I've got a guy that is prepared to perform and compete at a high level versus, you know, kind of just living in a vacuum of, oh, well, the time motion analysis says, you know, four seconds with 90 seconds of rest, like, that's great, but that's not always how it works. No. And sometimes you just got to do what the game demands. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That's freaking, that's fantastic, dude. And it's absolutely brilliant. And it's, the best part is how it's just all there together. Right. Right. I think that's what you're seeing is the, the pendulum in our, just in our time, right? It swings faster now because the internet helps things move faster. There's more information. But now we've seen both ends. So now most coaches that have seen both ends, they're pragmatic. They kind of have worked in this field long enough. They know we need to be more here, right? It's a tighter window. You got to train everything. The goal is do you get the skills that you want? Do you get the adaptations do you want? Do you layer them in an appropriate sequence so that on day one of preseason, your athlete is robust as possible? So, yeah, no, 100%, man. That's freaking awesome. Thank I, you. Yeah. So, what else do we got, man? What else is new and exciting out there at IFAST? Man, there's always stuff going on at IFAST. Um, on the business side, and I don't want to bore you guys too much with business, but you know, one thing that we're really trying to do is, you know as well as I do, culture and environment are huge, right? Mm -hmm. Like using a D1 analogy, it's really weird when like you got your softball players working out with your football players. Like it just doesn't create the environment or the feel that you want. And that's kind of where we're at at IFAST because we only offer a semi-private program. So, you know, groups of four, but you could literally have, I'm not kidding, in a morning, we could have like a guy that is ready to go, he's a free agent ready to go in the NFL with like a 45-year-old housewife with like a 90-year-old woman. So it's all over the board. So what we're really trying to do is create the culture and the environment by creating different programs, right? So we have like our athletic development track, which is just like our young kids that want to play sports, they're in a group. We have our semi-private, which is just like your average everyday people that just want to look better, feel better, body comp changes. And then we'll have what we're calling our athletica team training class, which is your typical kind of boot campus style program, but then very focused on being athletic, right? Because one thing I hate about a lot of places is just you know, kind of just this, oh, yeah, I go in and I work out. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it. My big philosophy has always been I train people like athletes, and I want you to feel like an athlete. So even the people in our team training and boot camp style classes are going to throw med balls, and they're going to jump. And if they can sprint, great. If they can't sprint, they're going to do prowler pushes or sled drags. We're going to do strength training. We're going to do conditioning. We're just going to compress it down because they're not pro athletes. So that's something business-wise that we're kind of excited about is really trying to create, you know, kind of these lanes for each one of our groups to make sure that everybody feels that IFAST is the perfect place for them with regards to their goals. Yeah, that's awesome. And with the people that they're working with, I don't see how that they could. Yeah, it, I, I hope so, man. I put this on anybody, but we have a great 
great staff, and I'm very proud of kind of just how they've grown and evolved over the years. And a huge tree, which is awesome. Yeah, the, the coaching tree is growing, man. It's very cool. And, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you get three interns every quarter or however it works. Man, that's nine nine kids in your coaching tree every year, plus Bill takes three PT students. And that's 12 people every year that I'd like to think we're positively influencing and help shape that, you know, those people are going to be the future of our industry. So it's pretty exciting, man. That's awesome. Well, speaking of positive influences and shaping the industry, we already mentioned the Physical Preparation Podcast, but yep. there's another little thing that you do out there that's uh, really doing some big-time things for, for the coaching world. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, the Physical Prep Summit is something that I started, I mean, geez, when I think back, I think it was in 2008. Uh, I think I took two years off. Um, having children puts a dent in uh, professional development sometimes. But, uh, yeah, the Physical Prep Summit is something that, you know, I always felt like there are so many amazing coaches in the Midwest. And it's a shame that, you know, we don't have more continuing education here. It's like if you want to go to a great con ed seminar, the three that I always come back to are your course, Central Virginia, uh, Boston Sports Med, when Art was hosting that, and then the Seattle Sounders, which Dave Tenney puts on. It's like there's nothing in the Midwest that screams, hey, if you want to be a great performance coach, you need to come here. So, Right or wrong, I took it upon myself to start kind of cutting that out and making the Midwest a good destination to where you can get, you know, really high-level coaching insight and advice. So we started in 2008. I started as a very local seminar, and local, I mean, it was just Bill and I the first year, and we both did like three or four presentations, and it's slowly grown over the years to where this year, I mean, we're bringing in... Uh, Bill's going to be here, one of his former PT students, Doug Kachijan, uh, Lauren Landau, who is obviously a huge, hugely successful speed and agility coach out of Denver. Um, Mike Roussel, because people ask for a nutrition component. We all know we can be great coaches, but if they're not fueling their bodies correctly, I mean, you got 18-year-old kids, right? Diet's kind of an important component for them. Yeah. And then we got Derek Hansen for a whole day, who I know uh, has spoken at your, your seminar in the past and yeah. somebody I just think the world of. So it's just really exciting because just kind of like the podcast, it's like I always look at this as a way to bring people to me that I want to learn more from, you know, and I, I don't think of it as selfish. I know I only have so many weekends that I'm going to get free to go and travel and see other people speak. So I use it as a way to help myself get better. And I know, you know, all of those guys are not only hugely intelligent, but are out there practicing, having success with their athletes. So it's something that we really are passionate about because we want to, you know, put great information out there. I mean, there's enough crap out there. Um, no filter, obviously, with the internet now. Everybody's got a platform, which is a good and a bad thing. But, man, I just want to put great people out there, continue to push our, our field forward. So it's just something I'm hugely passionate about and enjoy doing on a year-to-year -year basis. Yeah, and the amount of work that goes into it, is immense so yeah kudos to you man for, for keeping you. it going because it's trust me i know i mean it's funny <laughs> you, you do know yosef johnson always gives me a hard time about it because you know the two that he did he's like i'll never do it again it's like yeah. you know and it's and he's dealing with you know all the people that originally were the people we wanted to talk to and it's uh, i know right yeah and he he has them in his well back then it was probably his rolodex but you know like yeah he could call him up whenever he wanted which is crazy to me um but yeah you know and, and we're gonna link that up and get information out because this is something that 
you know, too many people look at these events as they're like, this is my one weekend or this is the one I go to. And I think people need to expand and they need to get out there and they need to do these other ones. I mean, there really are like three or four big time events that are pushing the industry and helping coaches get better. And you, you got to find a way to get to them. And Absolutely. If, you're, you're not going to grow. And like, you can read all the stuff on the internet, man, but you know, as well as I do, as good as the presentations are, right? And you could buy the courses and watch the DVDs and follow along and you could probably take stuff away, but there's nothing that can replace talking with a coach as soon as that presentation's done, right? Whether it's the speaker, whether it's the guy sitting next to you or, you know, presentation's over, you go have a beer. Man, that's where some of the best conversations are. It's like, that's the part that I enjoy too. It's like the real human interaction that you get when the seminar's done. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And then I think we got one more thing we got to tell people right now. Yeah, yeah. So people seem to be enjoying Volume 1, and since I'm dumb enough to name it Volume 1, I guess I have to have <laughs> Volume 2. Yeah, it kind of looks weak if yeah. you don't have Volume 2, right? Right. So I guess for Chapter 1, we will have Mr. Mike Robertson. Yeah, man. I'm ready, dude. Um, I don't know what you're going to ask me to write about, but whatever. I'm, I'm ready to go. Oh, well, we'll we'll let people sleep on that for a little bit and let that be the surprise when they open the book. But I got a pretty good idea, and I think we touched upon some of the pieces here today. Mike, this is absolutely a killer talk, bro, and I appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys are crazy busy out there in Naptown right now, and with everything you got going with your other two ventures associated with it, man, I I can't thank you enough. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it, and uh, just appreciate you having me on and taking the time to chat, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you very much, and uh, we'll be in touch real soon, brother. All right. Thanks, Jay. And a huge thanks to IFAST Mike Robertson for being on the show today, taking the time out to talk training, getting us up to date with everything going on at IFAST, everything that he's doing with his clients and his athletes, and dropping the news that he's going to be in Volume 2 of the manual. Really excited for the lineup we have for the seminar 2017 and for Volume 2 that we have going forward. Both are going to be super awesome. And guys, make sure you check the link below so you can get your seats to the Physical Preparation Summit. Uh, Mike does an awesome job putting on one of the best continuing education weekends in the country. So if you can get out to Indianapolis, make sure you do so. And as always, guys, if you enjoyed the podcast today, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, whether it be Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it may be, guys. We're just trying to keep the conversation moving forward, trying to stimulate discussion with all the great coaches out there. Really appreciate you guys and everything you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.